welcome under. Welcome under the apron, the podcast where we expose the pink underbelly of the service industry. Yeah. Check us out at Under the Apron on Twitter and Instagram. Fuck, I do it every time. Fuck Twitter. Check us out on Instagram and TikTok <laughs> at Under the Apron. Stuck in the dirtiest dishes 24 7. Yeah. Say hello. Welcome in. And I would like to say hello to my co host this evening, Scrooge McDuck. That's your Scrooge McDuck? My Scrooge McDuck, man. Uh, Real quick. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. Also, I don't know if you hear these fucking six synth waves, but, you know, Louvers, L-O-U-V-E-R-S, that band camp. Check them out. Doing the intro, outro music for us. He's fucking into all that synth wave shit. On tonight's show, we will have a drinking game, which I will announce in just a moment. We have a guest who has a story for us. We'll do a little bit of news, some topic roulette, and then a little fast five at the end. Um, Real quick, without further ado, before we announce the guest, we'll get right Uh in with the drinking game, and it's anytime you say you're sorry, or excuse me. Like, like if I were to interrupt you and say, like, so it'll probably be said not at all, actually. (laughs) I love, I love that the rules are two weeks in a row. It's just basically to not be polite. Yeah. yeah, Because last time it was it. Thank you. Last last week. I can't remember. But anyway, yeah, we're just trying to ruin the etiquette of of people all around the world. I mean, texting has already done it. So let's just get fucking nuts. Let's do uh, it. Laurent, you want to introduce our guest for this evening? Yes, I do. So uh, years ago, I was working at Alligator Lounge and my co-worker uh, worked there and also at a place called Spritzen House. And uh, we became close friends while we were working at Alligator. And she also brought her friends from Spritzen House, which include Dylan and Alex, who've been on the show. So she's oh, actually the person who shit. introduced me. To Dylan and Alex and a handful of other people, she was the the glue between a couple of bars and um and just a, a dope person. And then she she left for greener pastures in California, um and she's been there for how many years? Oh, I think it's about to be eight. Eight, eight years. That's crazy. So yeah. I'm asking questions during the intro. Um, so Allie is her name and, uh, and she's here joining us today and I'm excited because I, I haven't seen her for pretty much eight years. So it's good to catch up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hey, Welcome. Yeah. How you doing, Allie? I'm good. How are you? Yeah. How are things? I like your <laughs> tropical background. Thank you. Yeah. I finally learned how to do this. This is the first time I've ever used this. Yeah. Chris, I've uh, never seen time. him do it until I now. I, I did. I did Google it. Yeah, I have no uh, idea what the fuck I'm doing. Ali, where in California did you move? I moved to Los Angeles. Oh, okay, cool. For any particular reason? No, just a change of scenery. I mean, honestly, like I didn't really have a huge plan besides just to find a bar and start working there. Um, but like it worked out really well for me. I'm, I got in with a really great group of people and I've worked at a bunch of cool spots in the city and I, I really like it here. What so, are you so doing currently? Um, I work in a restaurant in a neighborhood called Silver Lake, which is sort of like like down like downtown Manhattan kind of vibe. Or I know I guess it's almost more like Williamsburgy. Okay. I don't know. So before we jump in, I just have a question for you because I'm always curious with the the you know the, the the East West Coast thing. You've been out there for eight years. Clearly, you like it or love it. And you were in Brooklyn for how, however many years you were here. Which one do you prefer? Like, or is is it a one's better than the other, or is it you know they're kind of both good in their own ways? How do you feel about it? 
They are both great in their own ways. I mean, the last time I was in New York, I had a really nice time and it was like kind of weirdly warm for the time of year. And like, it made me miss it a bit because the city, yeah. like you can almost feel it. Like it has a heartbeat and like people are always doing something and there are always mm -hmm. people everywhere. And um, like, I, I don't know. I liked walking through Manhattan and every like 10 blocks or so the neighborhood would like change over and it would just be kind of a different vibe. Yeah. Um, but LA life lifestyle wise, like I, I thought New York was great for my twenties. Um, LA, I'm definitely enjoying it a little bit more in my thirties. I feel like even though it's a, it is, there is a high cost of living out here, but it's more manageable than New York. Okay. Um, and so I'm just not, I thought you were yeah, talking about the part. Sorry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't like go out as often. Yeah. That's what I thought you were referring to. I used to. So LA is a little bit better. I wouldn't want to like hang out in my New York apartments. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, you're missed out here, but I'm glad that you're here today and uh, let's, let's do it. Let's, let's get it started. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. So before we get to your story though, we're going to do a little bit of news quick. Uh, I got two stories. One's a Waffle House, um, obviously. <laughs> and essentially, it's just a, a story that this woman, the, the server's the one who like put this on TikTok or something, I think. I am I read an article, I believe, this video. But essentially, this woman, uh, this customer came in, it was like 2 a.m. She wanted um, extra crispy hash browns. And then when she saw that they were being made with oil, she like was shocked and couldn't believe it. and didn't want them and wanted a refund um and the the server was like well ma'am that, that's how they're made like you know how how do you think extra crispy hash rounds are born you know what i mean um and then there was a couple other uh commenters on it um that was like i don't even want to be the one to tell her about french fries um or how difficult it is to make extra crispy steamed hash browns um, so like nothing really happened it's just more of a little funny story that this woman was so appalled and could not believe they were putting oil on the, on the you heard it here first man we are we are a fucking premier news story <laughs> <laughs> woman buys hash browns and then realizes that they're oily that's they what I, want I love it i love it let's go uh the other one's a big breaking story too where we'll more hard hitters like that man. oh here we go all right let me Chick know chick-fil-a in uh hendersonville north carolina they put on a, a, a thing out on Twitter like a month ago asking for volunteers, it said, to direct traffic in their drive-thru. Because, you know, like some Chick-fil-A's have like lanes and lanes of traffic for some reason. Is, um, that, is that real? Yeah. I don't understand it. What? I don't understand okay. the hype. Anyway, right, that, that's news to me. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's in, the, in the suburbs, obviously. You're not seeing a lot of Chick-fil-A drive-thrus over here. So, um, anyway, so it came about that they're like, you can't just have people volunteer to work for you. Um, so they ended up getting sued and they were like, oh, yeah, OK. They were offering five meal vouchers to work a shift. No, <laughs> no money. So they ended what? up having to pay. Yeah. What? They ended up having to pay these people, and it turned out that they um, were allowing people under 18 to do, like, dangerous jobs, like, as far as what OSHA considers a dangerous job. Um, so they got in trouble for that as well, um, which is great, because well, I fucking hate Chick-fil-A. Yeah, fuck Chick-fil-A. hate-mongering ways. Exactly. And they're Bunch over, of homophobic fucking idiots. And they're over-hyped uh, chicken. <laughs> Speaking of over-hyped, uh, Allie, In-N-Out Burger, you think it's... Mm fucking the best or it's overhyped you know what's kind of funny like 
I feel like there's been a smash burger like movement in LA over the past, like maybe five years or so. So now there's like a lot of really, really good, like smash burger spots all over Mm. the city. Like I think some of them definitely can rival in and out, but in and out versus like McDonald's and Carl's Jr. Sure. It was definitely a superior burger. What about but, uh, Jack in the Box? Because that's 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 the one I think about. Like when I think of West Coast shit that I've never had before, that's supposed to be amazing. I rarely go to Jack in the Box. I actually try not to eat like fast food, fast food, yeah, except sometimes I'm really drunk. I want Taco Bell. Of course, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Like the worst one. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Jack in the Box was always kind of weird to me because they have everything like the burgers, there's tacos. So when a place doesn't yeah. like, like it's a little bit too much all across the board, like Cheesecake Factory style. I'm like, is anything huh. actually? Dude, that that's <laughs> always weird. The, the restaurant that Chris and I worked at, I mean, it was a high, not high end. I mean, let's like low bar for high end. I don't know exactly where you would put it, but like a well-established restaurant that's a part of a big restaurant group and always packed. And it was half French and half sushi. It was like with like a with with some like American with like a burger. It was like in there. So I yeah, I was always just like what what are we doing here? I mean it was successful and the food was actually pretty good. So like you know they got it done but I agree with you. It's always weird when like it's like pick a fucking lane especially with fast food. Yeah, yeah, it's just like you're doing too, like a little too much, you know, instead of do just less. Yeah, yeah, do yeah. less, but like do it, like do it well. Do it yeah. well, exactly. Uh, and not that we need to have much longer on this burger conversation, but Chris, <laughs> I think that I think we've had this conversation before on the podcast, but I forget. So, what's your of all of all the like fast food burger spots? What's your what's your go to? Or what's what do you think is the best? So, so I like. I like Ali do not really eat fast food very often. I don't either. Drinking, yeah, I, and I, so. if I am drinking, I also usually will want Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I had to pick a burger, the I guess I would say, I guess I'd probably say Shake Shack. Shake Shack. Yeah. yeah I don't fuck with Shake Shack. I think, I think the, the experience at Shake Shack that the, every Shake Shack I've ever been to has a two fucking block line. I don't go. I don't wait in line. I don't wait in line. I'll go of like course the not. airport like, one. You know what I mean? Okay. I'll only go. Gotcha, if there's gotcha, no gotcha, line. Gotcha. I've never went. Every Shake Shack I've ever fucking seen has a, it's like it looks like Harry Styles is performing there. And it's like I, I'm not so the burger can't possibly be worth waiting in a an hour line with a bunch of fucking idiots. So like it's that's just it ruins that for me. For me, it's five guys. I love five guys, but I but yeah, I have it like twice a year. Yeah, there's like too many good burgers in that style in LA right now to ever wait in a fast food line. Yeah. I'm sure. I don't. There's. I can't think of a single thing that I would want to wait in a line for. Maybe, no. maybe a really, really good music show, and that's about it. Yeah. yeah. You know Lindustry in Williamsburg, Laurent. Mm-mm. It's some pizza place by the bridge. Lindustry. It's like it's L apostrophe industry. Okay. Um, but I drove by there the other day because I was thinking about checking it out because my coworker told me to, and like there was a line like around the block. It was ridiculous. A pizza place so i mean well and then to, same thing with that ali said i mean and, and that could be it can so be said dark. for new york in but general there's so but, much good pizza what am i waiting the fucking it, line exactly right like and, and in this neighborhood in, in in williamsburg there's like there's like 20 places that are fucking legit yeah. legit pizza so it, it does sort of like when the, when it gets saturated it's it's a little bit weird it's almost like too much to enjoy any of it i don't know if that makes any sense but anyway yeah. Anyway, anyway, um, all right. Welcome back to the the NFL talk, podcast talk, where we talk NFL pizzas talk. and burgers. 
Um, anyway, Allie, you have come with a story to regale us with, right? Yeah, and it's about awesome. working in a pizza bar. Hey. Oh my god, perfect. We're just gonna stay on brand the whole You worked podcast. in a pizza bar, that's crazy. The floor yeah, is yours. So this is my story time. <laughs> um, so I was kind of a baby bartender when I started working at Alligator. I had only like like you know, trained and worked a few shifts at Spritzen House, um, kind of like mentored myself. Mm-hmm. And Alligator was a pretty funny place because once they figured out that you were competent enough to at least like I worked the day shift, right? And the day shift was like noon to like 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. And if all the managers close at night, which would kind of leave them coming out at like 4:30 or 5, like nobody is fucking with the afternoon. Like they will come in at 9 p.m. So I'll see my managers the last like hour of my shift. Yeah. So as soon as they figured out that I could like properly open the bar like cut limes and just like conduct service, they would just kind of leave me to my own devices. But again, I was very green at the time. Sure. Um, I'm also not very into sports. So one of my shifts was Sunday day shift. Mm. So I would come in and I used to bribe one of our regulars. Uh, I don't know if you remember him, Laurent Stefan, with the English Of course. <laughs> So I basically bribed him on Sundays because there were like 30,000 TVs and I would be trying to open the bar by myself and I would get people coming in at like 1130 trying to stake out their TV area for their football team. Yeah. And I would just be running around like, like uncapping bottles and cutting limes and then having to like run around with the master controller to like put the bears over here and the giants over here mm-hmm. so i basically just bribed stefan that the first two beers were on me if he just dealt with the football like he could put whatever team he wanted to watch on the tv so you did exactly what chick-fil-a did yeah you might owe stefan like 80 <laughs> bucks or something yeah i mean to be fair he got to put his team on whatever yeah I would definitely do that. Oh, I would take that. I would take that deal in a heartbeat. Yeah, I like set up his Sunday for success every every week. So I basically Stefan came early. He was doing his thing with the remotes. Um, one of the things I had to do was go in that back room and turn on all the speakers, like by the DJ booth. Yeah. And at the time, the back room wasn't like completely finished. Like it was sort of like there were some games but it wasn't as like put together as it is it's now still not put together it looks oh, like it? it looks like there's two arcade games in the back of like a basement like warehouse it's not yeah it's never, I mean, it's I never come together time i was there and i don't think that there were the ski ball the ski ball machines didn't exist oh, okay um anyway so i go back there to like turn on all the shit and all of a sudden i hear i like hear rumbling and i like go over to like see what's going on and like three squirrels just start like <laughs> going like tearing around the room <laughs> like yeah, national lampoon's christmas yeah exactly it felt like that because it was cold out so i think that they like found some hole outside and like got in to like keep warm and then just like freaked out because i like disrupted their space <laughs> so they just were running around the whole bar and <laughs> i'm the only one on for the next like nine hours so like there was no, like, even if I were to call a manager, they were probably still asleep, you know, because they get out at like five in the morning. Yeah. yeah. So two of them like ran out the door. One of them like ran behind the bar and like, just like, I never found it, but like, I just had to like work my shift with like a squirrel that may or may not have just been like under my well. You never found it? Yeah, never uh. found it. Like, well, like, I don't know. It's, it's football. People are here. Like two out of three isn't, 
bad. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that is lucky that the two of them ran out the door. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. I think, I think he still comes to the bar. There's a couple yeah. uh, customers, regulars, that could easily be squirrels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're fine for him. Yeah. You should have called, uh, well, no, animal control. Who gives a fuck? But that's hilarious. You should have asked <laughs> Stefan. You should have been like, Stefan, three more beers. You find this fucking squirrel. <laughs> Five beers. You bring me his head. Um, I love squirrels. I think they're fucking adorable. Uh, well, there you go. Who knows? It might still be back there. Yo, it could be. Completely possible at that place. He's probably the one that was stealing those credit card receipts or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> squirrels like making a nest with them. Maybe. Well, let's move right along to topic roulette. So, Laurent, uh-huh. you want to hit uh, your... Hit that uh, topic? Yeah. Hit that topic. Okay. So, today, uh, in honor of our guest, who, again, I haven't seen in years, and, um, you know, Allie's a person who, like, always really enjoyed Allie as a person. We She moves on we lose touch and like, you know, with the occasional hello on Instagram or whatever, but the idea of, if you've been in the industry long enough, you're going to make good friends or like people that you really like, and then you're going to keep moving along or they're, they're going to go somewhere. You're going to go somewhere. And 10 years later, you're going to think of them and you're going to be like, I can't even remember that person's name half the time, you know? So the idea of like the friends you've made along the way, old lost friends are just people that you, you used to know. And, and the fact that, it's such a revolving door that we, we lose, we lose touch. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely something that I've come to accept now, like, you know, within the last 10 years, I'm a little bit more of a realist about it. Right. Like if I, if I leave a job, like maybe 22 year old Allie would be like, we'll still hang out. Like Mm -hmm. I'll still see you. But now it's like, I sort of understand that like, if it's not built into my day to see you three, four times a week, like it's sort of like a buy. Like yeah. if you leave, I leave, like we may occasionally go sit at each other's bar or try to make plans, but yeah, it, it's something that it, it's just like a form of acceptance is sort of what I look at it as like no ill will, like love you so much. But yeah, if you're not like oh, built into my work schedule, we're not going to have <laughs> 15 hours a week together. Right. Yeah, totally. It's crazy because like I have many i'm not in the industry at all anymore and i have many i do have some that i obviously still talk to laurent being one of them mm-hmm. um but like i've had many like from even just going to a different restaurant where like you keep it alive for a little bit like you still hang out whatever and then eventually it just kind of like fizzles out you know like you just like you know i'm not gonna see yeah. i don't see i don't hang out with you five times a week after work now so right like, once every two weeks like it just it's i like, mean Totally. Like if it wasn't for the podcast, we'd probably fucking talk like three times a year. You know what I'm saying? So like we, we had to find something that like kept us in touch in order for us to, to maintain a friendship. But and listen, that's the that's a fact of life. That's not specific to the service industry. I don't talk to anybody I went to high school with. I don't talk to barely anybody I went to college with. It's life. Once we go our separate ways, it, the shit happens. You'll, you'll stay in touch on fucking social media. Maybe you'll run into each other a handful of times. But um and that's fine. I, it's not to fight it, but it's, I think it, the, the place where it is more specific to the service industry is the fact that the service industry, unlike other professions is so such a revolving door that more than most adults and more than most people in their professional space, you're going to meet people, get close to them. Also the bonding is different because you're kind of in the shit together. Service industry stuff is more, you bond a little different than in, in an office. And then 
you know, Mike's going off to another bar or somebody's going to school or somebody got a new job outside of the service industry. And so it's just crazy to think about. I've, we've been in this, I've been in this industry for almost 20 years, I think, uh, that all the people, you're one of them, Allie, who like, if I think about them, I, I'm like, oh, I fucking love Allie. Like genuinely, I love Allie, but we don't talk. We had another guy on here, John, who we worked with, Chris and I worked with, Yanis, Yaninos, who fucking love John, never talked to John, like has a bunch of people from the place that we worked a bunch of like all over the place. Uh, shout out. I was just thinking Mike Church, if you ever hear this. Uh, do you remember Mike Church? Church Bender? Allie? Uh, yes, 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 yes. He was the shit. Oh my God, church. They, see, there you go. Yeah. That's the exact thing that I'm talking about, where you're like, I totally forgot that that person existed, but he's a yeah. fucking beautiful human. And he's another yeah. one where I'm like, oh man, I really love that human. But, you know, it yeah. is what it is. It's crazy. Even those... things, oh, go ahead. Like, it, it almost makes it sweeter sometimes because... Like people in the industry, like if you go to industry geared events, like you will see them, you know, like sure. say like Jack Daniels throws a party, you know, that there are certain like industry heads that are going to be there that you're like, okay, cool. Like I know that I'll see them at this party, but it makes it all the more sweeter. I think when those people will just appear at your bar or yeah. like every time I go to New York, I try to make it a point to hit up you, Alex, Lewis, Dylan, like I want to see you if I'm in the right space, you know, sure. like if I'm. If I was in the neighborhood, if, you know, you lived out here and I was in the neighborhood of your bar, I would probably try to pop in. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. I mean, I, I, I'm sorry, Chris, what were you, you no. going to say? I was just going to say what you were saying before about how, like, you have these friends and, like, then you don't even remember their names. Like, there was a bunch of people from the restaurant where I worked at when I moved back from the Caribbean and actually from the restaurant in the Caribbean that, like, we were, mm -hmm. like, really great friends. So much so, like, we went on vacation together before. I don't remember, like, any of their names. Yep. You know what I mean, I have, like, 300 contacts on my phone that I couldn't tell you who any of them are. Like, the, in addition true. to the ones I do know. <laughs> yeah. I have a really hard time remembering people's names just in general. I'm really good yeah. with faces. But even Same. just, like, regulars, like, I'll remember things about you. But especially if I see you outside where I'm expecting to see you, I'm like, oh, I, I like, don't know who this man is. I, <laughs> I have, like, a funny story about, like, John Hamm. Yeah, please. <laughs> Um, I was working at this uh, dive bar. Well, it, it's kind of like a hybrid, like music venue, like kind of divey, but like very like industry focused space. And they have their main bar in the front and their back bar is like, it's called the R&D bar. Uh -huh. So you just come and you make your own menu and people just come and hang out. You can, people can smoke cigarettes inside. It's very like low brow mm. chill. Um, and I see this guy at the end of the bar and I know that I recognize him, but I'm just like, oh, this is going to, okay. You have 10 steps. Cause he's probably going to know who you are because you're a captive audience. You're the bartender that's right. here. Right. He probably comes in a lot. You have 10 steps to just figure out who this is or just wing it and be like, how have you been? And, and try to do it on the spot. I always do that. Yeah. I've been seeing like, you. Oh. I have no idea. Yeah, like he's looking at me with kind of familiarity, like who the fuck is this guy? And then I take my 10 steps, I get close to him and then I just go, oh, John Hamm from the TV. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I was all panicky because I was like, like, I know that I met this person. Right. Did yeah. You say, yeah. hey, John Hamm from the TV. <laughs> yeah. I, I, just, I said something dumb like that. I was like, oh, yeah. You should be like, don't I get see, mad at me, man. Yeah. I've seen you on TVs. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's time. Did you have something else you wanted to add? Well, just, you know, if you pull it back from a, a step further from like the friends you've lost and, and look at it, just the foundation of the idea is you're meeting so many people 
in the industry, customers and coworkers, right? Like you're, it's just this revolving door, both in the terms of people who you're working with. And then every day it's an influx of 20 to a hundred new people that you're, that you're experiencing. And I think that your brain sort of out of survival just goes, okay, it's, it, it we can't retain the information, right? I, I can't remember a hundred, a thousand names. So names aren't important. So we stop prioritizing that. And because it's just there's too much there's too much information and then you just go like I'm I can survive here I'll, I'll I recognize your face I'll say hello there's so many regulars at Alligator who I've known for seven years who are like I love you Laurent every time oh love you love you and I'm like I love you too and I do love them but I don't know their fucking names and I never will I just you're it past is the point of being able to ask like exactly. you're way point you just hope they open up a tab so you can look at there yeah, yeah totally i have to look up on i have to look up the uh the podcast information sometimes just to remember chris's name <laughs> uh speaking of looking up my name i just realized we're wearing the same clothes me and you oh my god yeah. we are <laughs> drink i'll drink for that because the 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 drinking rules are yeah i'm no. sorry you know who knew oh I you just, just yeah it. you just uh, said you drink uh, <laughs> um all right Ali, you want to hit us with your topic? Yeah. So something I've been thinking about a lot lately is the idea of having like a diversified portfolio. Um, But not in the finance sense, but in the sense that like (laughs) bartending and the service industry can be very, very unique in that it can become like your only hobby. And like Mm -hmm. all of your friends, like if all of your friends are other bartenders, you spend time outside of work, like, I don't know, like signing up for different like competitions or going to cocktail events. Like, I don't know. Like I felt like it was really cool. Like in my twenties when I was kind of getting into it. And then like 10 years later, I woke up and was like, you don't have any hobbies (laughs) involve your work. And then when you go out, you're looking at like, you're talking to other bartenders about bartending. You're like looking at the bar design. You're like like looking over the menu. You're talking about food and beverage. Like literally, that's it. Have you been in bartending competitions before? Small ones. I'm not, I'm not like so comfortable. Like flair shit? No, not flair stuff. Ah. More cocktail. Like, you know, a certain brand will do like, you know, say like Remy does a, uh, cocktail competition about oh, like a like side making theme, something. like yeah like you make your yeah. variation on a sidecar and then you might win a trip to france oh wow 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 you didn't say there were trips to france involved i mean oh wait wait hey. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing wrong think- with this then i don't think if, i mean no it's name one of your friends that's gonna get you a trip to france nobody yeah. Yeah. i'd say go, fuck the friends go back to the competitions like no oh, I said fuck the French. I was like, yeah, me too. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, sorry. Ali. No, no. Um, yeah, it, it's just the idea. And I do feel like many people fall into that pattern of like, you were always really good, Laurent. Like you were always writing, like you rode your bike, you played basketball. Like, I feel like you were always like a pretty well-rounded person, but uh-huh. I do find that the more people that I talk to, it's kind of a thing that like, mm-hmm. like it is difficult to, have a diversified I, portfolio. I, I agree with you. And and Ali, this is now what our 34th episode. Sometimes we get worried that we're like saying the same shit over and over again, but that's a great, that's a great thing to consider that we haven't talked about once in 34 episodes. Just that, that's, oh, a, that's uh it's a good, good topic. Chris, you got have any thoughts? Um, yeah, to be honest, I mean, I definitely know people that were like that. Um, especially when I worked at, 
P.F. Chang's in New Jersey, as funny as that sounds, because people took shit like real seriously. Um, but that was not me. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I didn't really. Food is one thing I'll talk about. Besides that, like, don't even talk to me. If I'm not working, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to hear about yeah. it. I don't want to. I don't want to discuss it. Yeah. Um, I would just kind of avoid it. But like, definitely. The, I mean, I definitely had lots, lots of friends, though, that like, that's what they want to talk about. And it's fine. I mean, we could talk, you know, we can chat about it. <laughs> Uh, I feel like Yanni probably has been to some competitions or something. Oh, you know what I mean? Like tray carrying or like something crazy, like something like that, some like uh venue put on. Um, also though, I didn't realize there was like contests like that though, where you could win stuff because like, yeah, man, that's probably would have gotten involved. you could have gone to France. I mean, yeah, I, I think it's been a little France, different. I had, to, I had to pay for it. Mm-hmm. You were, you were mostly a server, though, too, right, Chris? I was. I was mostly a server. So that's probably another reason I probably I think that's a little like different that. because, like, you know, if you're working in the kitchen or behind the bar, you're making something. So there is an element of creativity to it. Yeah. Sure. But, like, I can see, yeah, like, if I, more of the servers I know are probably a little bit more well-rounded than... Yeah, I mean, look, there's there's so many different ways to slice this. I, I, I genuinely, I think it's a fascinating thing to consider. I also think it's hilarious that Chris, because I, I agree, Chris, I'm like, never been my issue. Like, it's not something like, I don't want to talk about work. And you're saying that too, except that we have a fucking podcast about the service industry. Ah! <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, in, in, in general, never been it was never my issue because this is the service industry was always meant to be a supplemental part of my life in order to pursue the the things that i knew i wanted to be pursuing which was writing now podcasting and uh, and art shows and all that shit like i never i think i think maybe the most important thing to touch on is with this for me is this for people who don't know exactly what they're doing with their life, the service industry can be a compelling place to go, right? It's easy. It's fun. It's money. You're going to meet some new people, all, all the right things. But if you don't have a lot of gravity pulling you in any other direction, it'll suck you in really fucking quickly, both socially and otherwise. And it does give you some purpose and a thing to do with your hands. And so you're, you're like, yo, I, I mean, like anything else, if it gets you out of bed and it makes you excited to do something, of course, like follow, follow your heart and, and make the most of this job that you have, even if it's not like your natural passion. Um, but then you can find yourself. And I know so many people who, who this has happened to. And it's funny that you say this, Ali, because my roommate, I've had a conversation with her recently. She just took a GM job. Do you remember Feta Sal? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So she's Fet the GM Sal, of the barbecue place. Fet Sal, yeah. So my roommate's the GM of, of Fet Sal now. And, and it's great what? for her. It's a very good opportunity for her. She, she's not all like relatively new couple of years into the service industry did her did her stint at alligator did a couple other things moved up moved up and now she has this opportunity and that's wonderful but i kept trying to tell her like yo you you, you gotta find i will this is true for any job you have in the service industry i don't care if you love bartending or waiting doesn't matter you have to have something else in your life you have to it could be yoga. It could be painting. It could be you can being a about fuck any boy. job, really. But yeah, no, I agree with you. <laughs> I, I agree with you. I would. I, I think that this extends past the service industry, but I, I can speak to the people who I know in the service industry and how much the ones who didn't have other things keeping their attention and making them passionate about it. It, it the when that's your only focus, it's just it it will eat you alive at some point, and you'll realize that you're not particularly happy. Or I, I don't know. I've just seen it happen to me, and now you know with my my roommate starting to deal with that, where she's like, I 
all I do every day is just work. Even when I'm out having a drink, it's with other people who I work with. And all we're doing is talking about work. It's like, there is nothing else except for the service industry. And and for most people, that's not enough to like, you know, keep you going. I got it kind of in a dark place with it recently because it made me question like, Am I even interesting to talk to anymore? Like, do I stay behind the bar because it allows me to still be at the party, but be at a distance from it so that I don't actually have to participate in it because I feel like I can't, yeah, like I can't hold my own in this crowd of people if I was just there as a guest. So I have to keep a structure in between us and I have to keep certain like norms in place because I just can't do it. Like, I'm like, do I just like have no social gas left? (laughs) Sure. Where did you decide? I actually had a pretty cool perspective shift that have, has allowed me to come out of that way of thinking a little bit. Good. Um, That's good. Which I, is realized, I realized that bartending actually was my hobby. Yeah. You know, because I was in dental school. Remember that, Laurent? Yeah, and I just yeah. did bartending on the side because I thought it was fun and I was interested. I didn't ever expect that it was going to become my career. I just thought that maybe I could learn about it on the job and I could learn to make some cool drinks and, you know, the history of like certain spirits and cocktails. I thought it was interesting, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm like, I think that your hobby just became your job because you were good at it. So why are you yeah. looking at it like it? It's not a bad thing. Yeah. yeah and no. I just forgot to get a new hobby when it became work, yeah. you know, <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> 10 years. Um, yeah. uh, that was time. And that was really interesting. Also, are you a dentist? No, I, I went to, I, I was a dental hygienist and then for a while I was doing both jobs, but then oh. realized it's not sustainable or responsible to be bartending until 4.30 right, in the morning, right. waking up at eight to give people needles in their mouth. Obviously every, everybody live your life, do whatever the fuck you're going to do. But I do think it's an interesting thing. I genuinely do believe wholeheartedly. And to your point, Chris, it doesn't, it's not just the service industry, any job that you have as an adult. Your life will be, I think it's important to be well-rounded. It's important to have something else that has nothing to do with your job that that, that you're just passionate about and have fun with. It doesn't have to go anywhere. It doesn't have to be successful, but something else that keep that just allows you to not only be going down one lane and being kind of one dimensional in your life. I think it also makes you better at your job because you get to like release and not have to think about it all the time and come back and with new experiences that have nothing to do with the, with the job. So that, that is something that is, uh, is interesting to think about. Yeah. Well, on that note, did you, anyone have anything else before we hit the fast five? I do. Can you yeah. believe that Chris? I can. We're running I'm along, sorry. So what is it? Oh. He's always got something Allie. Well, uh, <laughs> um, for real. Uh, but so the thing that I wanted to say is, Chris, I don't know if this if this crossed your mind or not, but I was thinking about the the, the past couple uh, episodes that we've recorded. And I realized, Ali, you were now the fifth woman in a row. And that's c- completely unintentional. It's just the way things worked out. Um, and that reminded me, Chris and I recorded a podcast that we never put out to the world where we were talking about the fact that uh, one of the places where the service industry actually kind of shines is that it's at the top of industries across the board as far as women in, in positions of power and the amount of women in the service industry. So that, that's an interesting thing to consider. Um, and, and, but also kind of get to, for some, for you, have you found, and I, you know, what's your experience been like? Do you feel a, anything in terms of being a woman in the industry for better or for worse? Does that, d- does that come into play for you? Yeah. I mean, like, first of all, 
like all the women that I know in the industry bar wise on managing levels are like badasses, like so good at their jobs, like mm-hmm. so competent, like, like just fucking amazing. Um, I'll say the only thing that I've found in being in certain types of positions where I'm consulting or helping to like open up a new bar is that I have more trouble managing up than I do with the hourly staff, like trying to get owners or GMs to know that what you're saying is what it is for a reason. Like I'm someone that's here and I'm coming with an opinion that's rooted in experience. So if there's something wrong with your bar design or your target opening date or your poor costs, I I'm telling you this because I know that there's something wrong. So I always find that if it was maybe coming from a man, people have an easier time taking you seriously. Um, And a lot of times in those positions, people have to like, I've learned to just let it burn, let them like, you know, I'm going to say what I say, you can take the advice or you cannot. And then we're just like, okay, or we could do it your way. And then the changes that more often than not, the changes that I've suggested ends up being the like, well, why is this like this? Sure. Well, that was brought to your attention before you wanted to proceed. But like, now do you want, like, now that we know that it failed, now do you want to do what I, (laughs) (laughs) what I suggested? That's frustrating. And I'm not right all the time, you know, like, but I I usually don't offer an opinion unless I feel really strongly that something is not going to work. Yeah. Or that something will work. But yeah, managing up, like, yeah, I'm always just like, if I was a dude, would I be having so much trouble getting you to make this change? (laughs) Probably not. Uh, It's interesting that you say that because I've asked that question to, uh, you know, probably half the women that have come onto the podcast. And most of them, refreshingly enough, don't have a whole lot to say about the negative side of being a woman in the service industry. But none, but they're only speaking on behalf of like, none of them are in your position where you're, you're like, you know, facilitating projects with owners and managers. These are people who are bartending and waiting tables. So they're only speaking about, you know, their customer relationships. And it actually makes sense to me that that would, that's where you would see it is when you have to be in a room and have your voice and opinion be respected by people in powers in, in power positions. Like, which is, you know, that that's the complaint across the board is I think for, for that, for women is like, I'm not taking this seriously as my male counterparts. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I have zero, zero bad experiences with coworkers. Like if I work with male barbacks that are trying to step into bartending, they're very like, like eager to learn and wanting to, you know, ask my opinion and like, you know, be shown, you know, sure. just male coworkers. It's always fine. Like, it's, look at yeah. you coming all the way from being a green little baby at alligator lounge, barely knowing what the fuck to do with yourself, just getting thrown into the fire. And now you're out here just teaching people the way I love it and trying to get mm-hmm. free tickets to France. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Let's hit the fast five. So I'm just going to ask you five spitfire questions. You give me the first answer that comes to your head. Does that sound doable? Yeah. All right. Well, Well, number one, have you ever worn socks with sandals? Mm, Yeah. It's kind of a look sometimes. (laughs) All right. Uh, Right? Number two. Me too. I I don't know. Slides. Yeah. (laughs) Number two, why can't we tickle ourselves? I feel like, I don't know. That's, I wish I knew that answer. I feel like it's 
Now I'm tickling myself. That is by <laughs> far the best question you've ever asked, Chris. I no, feel your body just <laughs> like scratching. All right. All right, I'll take that. I actually don't know. I you just tickled me, Chris, so thank you. Hey, perfect. Number three, what's the best age? Ooh. Mm, I mean, I hope it's 36, because I'll be 36 <laughs> next year. There you go. So far, you. Um, number four, what's for dinner tonight? <laughs> I mean, I'm going to work, so like family meal. At, uh, like, that was, by the way, Ali, that was gonna, that was our alternative uh, name for the podcast. Family meal? Yeah. That's great. Number five, your prison movie. You're going to prison forever. You can bring one DVD. What is it? <laughs> this is so hard. I'm like torn between two, but I know I just have to give you one, and then I'm just gonna choose it because of length. I think right. probably good, probably Goodfellas. Ah, that's yeah, great. that's great. Because it's like great. four thousand hours long too, when you're yeah. in prison. So like, What's the other one you're torn between is it Casino? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, no, uh, Death Becomes Her. Yeah, those. Are the oh, two. Death Becomes Her. That's a great one too. I I've, love that one. I've so never seen it. What? So Meryl Streep, Bruce Willis, and uh, oh. what's, what's her face? What's the other Colby Hahn and Isabella Wislini. Oh my god! I, I rented it so many times from the video store when I was like a little kid that my mom like banned me from renting it, but then never bought it for me. I was gonna say, <laughs> why didn't she just fucking buy you a copy? I don't know. Yeah, she was just like, no, not that again. Like another one. <laughs> She's but, like, yeah. enough of that fucking movie in my house. Yeah, uh, Chris, what's your what's your uh, answer for best age uh 35 okay i like that yeah i still have half of 35 left so there you go you're in it take, take, take all the time you need my 35 <laughs> is long um all right well i hope you have a great evening at work tonight yes so, thank you little, 10 extra minutes to give back to you before you have to leave i guess yeah um, Thank you so much for hanging out with us. And Fuck yeah, Ali. It's fun. great to see you. It's been a lot of fun. Don't doubt your uh, social gas tank because this has been great. Um, yeah. Oh, say, thank you. I'd Fuck say yeah. the gauge is on full. Uh, uh, Alex and Dylan are listening. So you got anything to say to them? I love them so much. Um, I still need them to teach me how to play pool because I still suck. Oh, all right. You, know. you heard <laughs> it, guys. Need- Get on it. <laughs> Alex, I love you. Dylan, Dylan, go fuck yourself. Guys, thank you for listening. Thank you. Thanks, Bye, everybody. Thank you. We love you. Bye. 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 Thank you.